Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, here we are once again. It's another Saturday and uh, the end of the... By golly, and it's the end of the month. And so that means Emil Franzi's Voices of the West is streaming live to you from the White Stallion Ranch. It's Movie Saturday. Yes, it is. Yeehaw! And uh, today's topic is something that uh, Mr. DeFrance wanted to talk about, so uh, start talking. Well, I can't hear you. I'm too damn cold. It's that blizzard. Yeah. Oh, well... I wanted to talk about snowy westerns because, you know, we're always talking about different (laughs) elements of westerns. Yeah. And a snowy western is definitely even more, I think, than a desert western or a sandstorm western, a character in the picture. I mean, it almost doesn't almost, it does dominate the picture. Right. And so I, and there were some great ones out there. So I thought I would, I, I would reach the subject, put my skis on, head down the slope, run over a couple of snow bunnies, and and talk about snowy westerns. Start talking, Bunker. You're not supposed to run over the snow bunnies. You're supposed to ask them for a hot cho- if they invite them for a hot chocolate. No, I want to run over them. <laughs> I think we. I think, Anyhow, I, got, I, got, I think we're I talking got, about two different kinds of snow bunnies, Todd. Bunker, you have way too many books. Way <laughs> yeah, right. too many books. There's no such thing. Actually, before we get into this, I got a I got a public service announcement. Well, fire away, my friend, and well, then I got one for you too. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the American Indian Fine Arts Show started yesterday. It runs ah. through the twelfth of February. They're located at the Red Wolf Red Wolf Inn. <laughs> the Red Roof 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 Roof. Red Roof Inn, that's hard to say, which is the downtown University <laughs> Flamingo. That's located right across the street from uh, uh, Pima Community College at 1300, excuse me, 1300 North Stone Avenue. And they're open every day from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you need information, their contact number is 928-795-6020. That's 928-795-6020. I, I stop by there every year, generally two or three times. There's not a lot of selection stuff, but there's some really good craftsmen there. Okay. And let, you know, let's, let's support, support our brothers. Hey, coming up in uh, March the 1st, mark this down onto your calendar and be there. It is the first annual Tombstone Western Book oh, Fair yes. featuring authors Doug Hawking, Bill Markley, and the lovely Miss Chris Enns. Yes. It's happening March 1 from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. at the Sheffalene Hall, 4th and Fremont at uh, Tombstone. To find out more, visit the website CochiseCountyCorral.org or if you want to email them, send it to inkslinger at CochiseCountyCorral.org. I like that handle, yeah, inkslinger. <laughs> and if you, want to, if you see us down there and you want to buy us a cup of coffee... We'll go for it. If or you want to whiskey. buy us a steak, well, you know, we'll, we're, we're easy. We're, we work we work cheap. Yeah. I work for whiskey. <laughs> well, if, if we're in Tombstone, I'm just going to say this now so we clear the air, okay? Yeah. If we're in Tombstone and they want to buy us dinner, there's only one place they can buy us dinner. Yeah. And that's at the Lamplighter. Never the food is made from scratch. Delicious, the pot roast, the chicken fried steak, mm. the biscuits chicken and gravy. The food mm. is fabulous. The the pot roast, uh, you're going to slap your grandma twice for. 
Well, now I'm just telling you now. Where did we eat when we were down there, Bunker? That little cottage, uh, that place. cafe. I, I don't know what. It just it was. It rough. looks like a house. Is it a house? Little house on a corner. Yeah. Yeah, that it sounds like the lamplighter. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, home cooking, really good, nice people. Yeah. Great, uh, you know, I've got, before coffee, we do too. this, I've got a cowboy poem here, please, and it's about movie cowboys and real cowboys. Okay. And it's called the real cowboy. R-E-A-O. All right. Backward, you filmmaking guys in your flight, and turn out a cowboy that does the game right. Put on a picture that don't look so strange to us old punchers who rode the range. Don't have the daughter the old man loves best skip off with some hard-riding son of the West. Backward, turn backward till folks will know exactly how things on a cattle ranch go. Show us a cowboy with more work to do than merely to ride a wild bronco or two. Picture him loping away in the rain, rounding up steers on a mud-splattered plain. Make him the way that he really is seen and not what they make him appear on the screen. Backward, turn backward until folks can see. His job ain't to snap, it's cracked up to be. Picture a cowboy whose job is above close herding damsels and falling in love. Make him appear in a far different light than hanging around in a saloon half tonight. Picture him cutting out steers from the bunch and not with some gal at a picnic or lunch. Backward, <clears throat> backward till folks get a clue of some of the things that a cowboy don't do. Backward, turn backwards, you actors who try to mimic a calling that's nearly gone by. Pull off your shafts and your guns and your spurs. Get a real cowboy to show you what occurs. <laughs> Go tell him of long years in the west, of storms and stampedes, poor grub and the rest. And when you have listened, run out your machine and picture a cowpuncher just as he's seen. Well, all right. Isn't that nice? That's nice. I like that. <coughs> I like that. All Take right. that, all you motion picture buckaroos. <laughs> Take it. Take it. And, Take it and grin. All right. Snowy Westerns. Oh, Snowy Westerns. Well, let's see. Ooh. Hey, you see that? Did you see that, Harry? I did. A flock, a herd of penguins just went by. <laughs> I haven't seen that herd of penguins here in the desert for years. I know. It's yeah, kind of like the... Uh, San Pedro uh, sharks. <laughs> well, you know what? Though? That, that that is that is an interesting thing because I found out the story about those uh, desert penguins. Okay. Seems like the government was experimenting. They were looking for some way of fighting Cold War with secret weapons. Sounds so like an they, Uncle Alvin story. Well, yeah. no, Uncle Alvin was one of the scientists. No, I thought so. <laughs> and anyhow, they, they they rounded up a herd of penguins down in Antarctica and brought them out here. And actually, in one of the old missile silos out mm -hmm. here, they converted it into a secret lab. Okay. And they did all kinds of experiments with these penguins, and they got them to where they could stand the desert heat. Mm -hmm. In fact, they got so to the point that they would go out and hunt coyotes for the fur to keep warm. And they were taking off their tuxedos, were they? No, no, they were still formal. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, there's you know, wild herds that uh, roaming 
penguins out here. And another story in the fantasy world of Bunker Defense. This is real. This is real stuff. <laughs> now I do I do have though, and this is this is I really am fond of this movie. Okay. And you talk about snow. Breakheart Pass. Nineteen seventy six. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you see where I'm going, Todd? Yo. Yeah. You know, uh great movie, seventy six. Uh, Tom Grise directed it. Yakamakana was the second unit director. And that great action writer, Alistair McLean, he actually wrote the script for it. Cinematographer is Lucian Ballard, who could shoot outdoors like you wouldn't believe. And the score was Jerry Goldsmith, and, who can really And, of course, uh, yeah. Sam Peckinpah loved Lucian Ballard. Yeah. And he, his work speaks for itself. The cast yes. is just, is just outstanding. Charles Bronson, who's an undercover undercover government agent. Ben Johnson's a sheriff. Richard Crennan's a crooked politician. Jill Ireland, she was married to Bronson. That's that was how she got the job. Uh, Charlie Durning, he's a kind of sleazy. Ed Lauder's a crooked military guy. Roy Jensen's is Roy Jensen. You know, he'll fish eye you to death. Uh, Bill McKinney, another great. Great uh, bad guy, Sally Kirkland, Casey Tibbs in this. One of my favorite characters in there, Archie Moore is the cook, and he has this great fight on top of the train, the icy snowy train with Bronson. It's it's a great one of the great movie fights. David Huddleston, Bob Tessier, Rayford Barnes, Eddie Little Sky's the head of the Indians, and our old friend John Mitchum, he's in there. And the locations, they shot this up at Lewiston, Colorado, on the Comas Prairie Railroad. And it's just a fine it's fine. It's a mystery western, but it's a good, good entertaining picture. The more I watch it, the more times I watch it, the more I like it. All right, technical question, Todd Roberts. Yes, when, sir. When uh, movies are made in the winter time, obviously you cannot, you can but not very well create that kind of a scene inside the soundstage. Um, when they do, in fact, go on location, what kinds of things are? I mean, the can are the cameras able to? You got to keep those cameras warm, not to mention the crew members. Mm-hmm. But you know, talk about how, what what they do uh, to uh, preserve the equipment <laughs> and the people running the equipment. They issue these. two penguins to each crew member, <laughs> strap to his body, and keep him warm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a case of beer and a and a bottle of Jack. Okay. Yeah, they're the they 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 got backpacks on like like St. Bernards, and and you keep saying to them, uh, "Would you get over here with that stuff?" And they all look at you and they go, "You got any sardines?" Uh-huh. Um, so here's your problem. You have two problems here, and and if one if one works. The other one doesn't. I see. And if the one, the first one does not work, you might have a slim chance that the second one might work, but it doesn't really matter because the first one didn't work. Okay. But you're probably going to end up with both not working. And what I mean by that is you have your technical challenge, which is, yes, you're trying to protect your equipment, the, the cameras and the sound equipment, uh, for, to be able to function and work within these elements uh, and so on. And if you can get past that first one, by the way, let me also just say that our great friend Al Fleming uh, also said that, you know, nothing can, can make an actress melt quicker than rain or any of the weather elements, mm-hmm. as, as we, we talked about in his, 
his great book, Following That Dream, who mm-hmm. a friend of the show. Right. So that's the first hurdle. The second one is getting your equipment to function properly. But if you can get past those first two, here's your problem, which the cinematographer and the director are keenly aware of, which is that the snow and the water don't come across as snow and water ah. in the, in, within the lens of the camera. Okay. Mm-hmm. So especially rain, especially rain. So, however you might, yeah, you try to manipulate it. Um, I don't know who the guy was or what company it was that perfected the rain machine, but uh, I remember, you know, uh, yeah, uh, they do a better job of rain than on any day at any time than Mother Nature could ever do. Hmm. It never comes down and looks the way you want it to look. Even if it's pouring down and you're sopping wet and the machines aren't working and the camera's not working and the sound isn't picking up what it's with, it still does it when you look through the lens of the camera or your viewfinder, Mm -hmm. it never looks as good as, as hard as you're getting pelted, it never looks as good as you're feeling it on your body. That's so that's why rain machines are so important. That's interesting. Here's one of the technical things, you know, because the the main thing with that isn't the problem isn't the snow, it's the cold. Yeah, okay. And Always the cold. And Always. So, you know, you've got to keep the film at a certain temperature so it doesn't get too brittle and break right. in the camera. Now, if you, you're on a set, you'll probably notice, what, regardless of the weather, they have what looks kind of like a, a padded or quilted uh, thing that they would put over the camera, mm-hmm. which was done for sound. Sure. So that's okay. Just to help minimize okay. the sound of the camera, well, yeah, the, the motor. Yeah, the little tinky, tinky noises. Yeah. But they also, over time, they developed them where they could put, you know, heat those pads so that it would keep the film in the camera and the gears and everything warm mm-hmm. up to a certain point. And then once beyond that point, and, you know, you, you read the history of some of these snow pictures and... It's like, you know, they're they're done at 11 o'clock because everything's frozen up. Okay, let's talk about one of those snow pictures that uh, all of us are rather familiar with, The Hateful Eight, uh, Tarantino's uh, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. blinding blizzard uh, movie. Uh, I mean, geez, Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Leigh. You know, the only thing I say this the only thing this film has more of than snow is, is talking <laughs> and cuss words. Dialogue. Yeah. You know, I want to point something out about this movie because you know, I, I read this great article. It was an American cinematographer and it was an interview with the uh, DP, the director of photography, and it was like a ten-page article with ver- no advertisement on the page. Mm. It's a wonderful magazine mm-hmm. for details, mm-hmm. and he was talking about it. And one of the things that Tarantino wanted in it is he wanted the light to be as natural as possible in that inside that place. And one of the solutions that the cinematographer came up with was to remove the chinking between the logs. So when you watch the movie, you, you can see outdoors, uh-huh. which mm-hmm. in real life, nobody living in that climate would, would be do that. And yeah. the funny thing is, they do a scene in the barn, 
and the barn is all chinked up, and you can actually tell that it's warm in there because you can see the steam coming off of the horses. And we don't know if the outhouse was uh, warm or not because oh. they, everybody got lost going well, no, to that's it. Where, that's where they dumped the female uh, uh, stage driver. Yeah. They dumped her body in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, that's... And I, 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 my favorite part of that movie is the stagecoach ride there. Oh, the my snow. God. That's beautifully shot. Yeah. And, I mean, yes. I had to go get multiple blankets when we watched that. Stole watching it. <laughs> I, I, listen, I lived in Alaska for a year when I was in the military. I understand what cold is. 72 below zero, ambient, ambient temperature. I understand that. Uh, when I was in the Army, they made us play cold weather training. We had to camp out in that kind of weather. And uh, we were not pleased, obviously. Um, but it, it just it goes to the bone. It Birds goes flew into the window. Oink! It goes kamikaze bird. It goes it just cold to the bone. You know. Well, I want to point out that our good friend <clears throat> Tell Reed was the weapons specialist on that. All right. Yes, he was. Yes, yes he was. All right. And, so that, uh, that that's one of the uh, great snow movies. Uh, this website that I'm at here, it's uh, collider.com, snowy westerns to watch before winter ends. Uh, their top one to watch is The Searchers. Hmm. You know, I almost didn't put that on my list. Mm-hmm. And the main reason is because it's it, the snow stuff was primarily uh, reserved for the uh, slaughter of the buffalo. Well, and it's a seasonal thing. Yeah, the the movie takes place over seasons. Over years. Yes. Right. Uh, five years. So, five years. So, like, but, it goes over five years. But Hateful Eight, that's all... That's all snow. That, that's that, like it's like Breakheart Pass. It's all snow. It's like watching Sergeant Preston. Yeah, <laughs> Sergeant Preston. I don't think I I don't think that you can. Uh, I think that in the Searchers there are two indelible images that people forget. the The first image is the um, when the cavalry in their beautiful blue coats and the capes mm-hmm. come riding across that river. Yeah. And they're in the white snow. It's not snowing, but it's a real thick, hard pack mm-hmm. of four to six feet. Mm-hmm. They're on their horses. They're riding through it. Maybe it's not that deep, but they ride across the river, and then you have um, uh, uh, the theme from Gary Owen playing in the background. Yeah. Of course, no one could, uh, uh, shall I say, place music like Ford did. Yep. The other scene is Wayne and Hunter, Jeffrey Hunter and John Wayne, um, coming down the hill in snow that's way above the bellies of their horses mm-hmm. as they're trying to get through. And, uh, of course, Jeffrey Hunter's got that red coat. It was deeper and than the head of a penguin, which just about to lead us into our next break. Well, and, yeah, and, and try try getting a cigar or a drink out of a penguin that's got snow above his head. And they don't. So, they just plum don't do that. We're going to take yeah. our uh, first commercial break. Snowy Westerns on Movie Saturday with Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts will be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're darn to. I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. But we have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Did uh, you ever try to borrow money on a thousand acres of dust and sand? No. Looks like you folks have a real problem here. This is the Voices of the West. I'm gonna have a cowboy wedding When the stage is all abloom To the mountains I'll be heading Overturn me, honeymoon I'm gonna drink in all sunshine On the banks of some cool tree Just laugh and play the live long day Till it happens of my dreams We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Robertson, Los Angeles And we're streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch Just north of Tucson It's our movie Saturday program 
And we're talking about uh, snowy westerns. They all say, eat your heart out. If you could sing like Patsy Montana, I'd listen to you, but yeah, you well, can't. She can't and never so, will. You know. <laughs> I, I, I want to throw a curveball here at us. Okay, wait a second. Before you do that, Bunkers wants to tell us about the locations okay, of I just uh, the searchers. Mention, uh, from the searchers, the snowy locations. They shot up at Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and up yep. in Gunnison, Colorado. Okay. Yep. What, what's your curveball, yep. Todd? Well, and then uh, let me just also say, as we're speaking on the searchers, is the scene that gives us the feeling of snow has no snow in it, which is the scene where Wayne and uh, Hunter come in to the, uh, they're in the fort, and uh, they walk into the Mm. cabin Mm -hmm. where the captives have, uh, are being kept after being, uh, you know, with Indian tribes and so on. And uh, Wayne's in that big, thick overcoat. Well, it's kind of like a pea coat, a rounded collar. And mm-hmm. Like a parka. It's, and, you can, and you can see the, uh, the cavalry, the, the soldiers are, you know, in fur hats and so on. Full, and full coats. Full coats and fur hats, and they're very cold. And, uh, of course, that's John Wayne... Gives that look as he walks out. My favorite still. When, which absolutely, uh, Wayne deserves the Oscar for that look alone. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. you mentioned in that, also in Cheyenne Autumn, they've got that when they go in and they recruit uh, Mike Mazurki to mm-hmm. come out of retirement. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You know, the troops, they're riding in through the snow, the blue against it. it Ford was just a great composer of the, the pictures. The next movie uh, I absolutely, the ne- absolutely. The next movie I have found here from this website, Collider.com, snowy westerns to watch before winter ends, uh, is one from 1968. It's called The Great Silence. Sergio Corbucci. Uh, absolutely, it's a, absolutely. A, a spaghetti western. Uh, we have Germany's Claus, Claus Kinski, Francis Jean Louis. And I'll uh, assassinate the last name so we won't bother. Um, <laughs> pardon me. And the great character actor, Frank Wolf. Yeah. Uh, so it says here, The Great Silence makes the snowy frontier into a, meaty, uh, a meditation on belonging as a band of rogue outlaws attempt to slaughter a group of refugees as they seek a safe new home. I've not seen this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jean-Louis, he plays a mute gunfighter. Okay. That's where the great silence from. And Klosky is a, a leader of a bounty hunt, bounty hunter thing. But they, they're actually, they're, they're preying on the Mormon community, mm-hmm. uh, taking them in for bounty and stuff like that. Uh, okay. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's like the, when the Italians did, they were masters of the uh, movies of oppression and, mm-hmm. and brutality. And uh, this is one of uh, Morricone's uh, best screen uh, scores. It's just, it's haunting. Okay, and so... The, and they we, shot this in the Dolomites in Spain. Okay, so the, obviously a lot of location... Uh, snowy location. It does snow a lot in Europe. Yeah. Uh, well, you so. have the Pyrenees, the Alps. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, here's one now here for you. Uh, By the way, you can't forget that the um, the great um, uh, uh, oh God, what's her name? She was in Iger Sanction. Uh, the great Vonetta McKee is in it, and she's yes. she's fabulous as. 
Pauline Middleton. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, she was beautiful. She was never not beautiful in a film, uh, and I think she's just as beautiful in this film as any of the others. Now, this is one that, uh, this definitely flew under the rainbow. It came out in 2000. It's called The Claim. Okay. And it was, uh, Michael Winterbottom was the director on it. And it was based, actually based on the British novel, The Mirror of Casterbury, by Thomas Hardy, written in the 17th, or the 18th century. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the uh, story is basically this miner uh, has... He struck it rich, and he's got, he's got the, he is the king of the gold town. Okay. And he's, he's trying to get the railroad to come in there. And the monkey wrench is that some people from his past show up, these three women. And it turns out that the woman, one of the women is his wife and his two daughters. But back when he was a young man, he traded them for a gold mine claim. Hmm. And so all of this is coming to uh, coming to uh, boil. Natasha Kinsky's in it. You know, I always loved watching her. And it just, you know, it was, it's a good it's a good dark dark movie. It's well photographed. They shot it up in Canada at Calgary. That's where the gold rush town is. At Fortress Mountain, Kanaskanaska uh, Ski Country. And down in uh, out of the Durango and Silverton Narrow Gauge Railroad. McCabe and Mrs. Miller, 1971. Oh, that's one of my favorites. So beautifully photographed. Yeah. Incredibly. The cinematography is just perfect. It yeah. really is. And, yeah. it, and, and, of course, Keith Carradine is very good mm-hmm. in it. Well, you know, this is this is this is one of the, I think one of my favorite Robert Altman pictures, and because he did with the soundtrack in there, there's a scene in there where it's it, I mean you you feel cold watching because it it's nothing but snow, but there's a scene in there where they're in the they're in the bar, and BD and a bunch of guys are playing poker and they're talking, and you know uh, Altman liked to have. Other like it's kind of like well, kind of like Tarantino. Other stuff going on that had absolutely nothing to do with the scene. Mm-hmm. And Richard Shuck is the bartender. And he's up at the bar and he's talking to two or three of his cronies there. And the slowly, the poker table conversation drops down mm-hmm. and the bar conversation picks up. And Shuck's up there saying, "Well, I don't know. What do you think? Should I trim my mustache and shave it off? Or, you know, what do you think?" And you know, it, it, but it's it just, it does something to the story and the picture. And then the final shot of uh, Warren Beatty just slumped down in the snow. You know, yeah. he's shot, he's shot, he's died. And there, there's his love of his life, Julie Christie, the, the, the uh, madam. She's in the crib uh, getting high on opium. True West. Well, and uh, the 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 scene in the beginning when they first meet, and he's trying to work out a deal with her, and she's a madam, uh, and she she has a cup of tea and eats a soft boiled egg, is just as you talk about Bunker, about a scene about life. It's not, it it doesn't really have to do with the movie, but it has everything to do with the movie because it's a it's a it's an expression of her character. She's a fine, yes, she is a madam, that's true. But she still has all of her English sensibilities of civility. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful scene. Next movie, before we do our break, 1972, Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, God. I was watching it this morning, 
and it's you were still very. good. <laughs> well, I, I was, but you know, it's important to remember that our good friend uh, John Milius, uh, who Dan Galeasso is writing the book with, mm-hmm. uh, wrote this screenplay. And uh, honestly, it was a lot more violent and a lot more real uh, prior to the uh, studio execs getting a hold of it. Uh, so it had a bit of a different ending. Well, but you know, nonetheless, it's still one of my favorite westerns. And, you know, it was shot up in Utah at Leeds, Snow Canyon, Timpanogo, uh, Vernal, and Zion National Park. Well, Redford lives in that area, too. Yeah, that, that was up, uh, he, he was the, you know, the uh, Yellowstone, and he was all over the West. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most prolific uh, trappers and scouts. Too. All right, we're doing snowy westerns on Movie Saturday here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker de France and Todd Roberts, we are streaming live to you from the beautiful White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson. Oh, and it's snowing. We'll be back after these messages. 67 degrees. Imagine switching back to pen and and paper to run your business. Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000 square foot clubhouse, 200 full service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but lack henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know... When I joined Rena Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Hey, this is Robert Fuller, uh, Jess Harper from Laramie, and we're listening to the Voices of the West.
back on Abel Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts. Snowy Westerns on our movie Saturday program. Streaming live to you from the uh, White Stallion Ranch. And of course, if you're not listening to the live stream, you must be listening to the podcast. We encourage you to check us out on the live stream every Saturday at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Now, it did not... I don't remember that it ever snowed on the Chaparral. Well, they had that one big blizzard, but uh, we weren't filming that weekend. <laughs> penguins took over, right? The, pengu- so, well, we gotta- the penguins had broke out of the corrals, and they were, they were heading south to, south to Mexico. Uh, okay. Well, I didn't get to throw out my curveball, oh, so yeah, I'm going to so, throw no. my curveball finally yeah. here. Jubal, which yeah. the opening scene in the titles is all snow. Uh-huh. He's trying, he's walking out of the snow, and he has no food, and he has no way to survive. He has no, he, he doesn't have a horse. He has nothing, and he's walking out of the snow. We know why. We really never find out why. And then he gets to finally, shall we say, a mountainous area with no snow, rolls down a hill in front of uh, Ernest Borgnine, who is a rancher on his buckboard and comes across him and saves his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, the rest of the film has no snow, but snow is a big, big part of the opening story of the mm-hmm. mystery of this man, Jubal. Well, it's which a, I still love this film as much as I love any Western. It, it, it's the, it, it plays a character. The it's, weather yes, is a character. It's dominant. Yeah. Now, Bunker has some silent westerns. He's gone way down into the basement to find this info. Oh, and I love these. I've actually seen both of them. The first one is The Frozen North, and it was a silent short done by Buster Keaton. And it's a hoot because it it, it opens. He's in Alaska, and there's this subway exit. This is, this is during the gold rush. Mm-hmm. And he comes up out of the stuff, and there's nothing around except the exit, right? And he walks off into the snow, and he comes up to a saloon. Mm-hmm. And he's looking in the window, and everybody's doing what they did in silent westerns in a, in, in a saloon. They drink it. Yeah. And the cute girls are honeying up to the prospectors. Mm-hmm. And he's standing there looking through the window, and he looks next to him, and there's this great big poster of this bad man. He's got the gun pointed. He pulls out his old trusty barlow, cuts it out, sets it up in the window, and then he walks in and he hollers silently, hey, this is a holdup. And they look and they see this bad man with the gun pointing at him. So he proceeds to start robbing everybody. While the drunk, he staggers over there, and he's going to be a hero and knock the gun out of the bad man's hand. Well, because it's two-dimensional, right? he's just slapping air. Yeah, right, and he's right. looking at that thing and going, what the heck? So right, he reaches up and he pulls it in, and he goes, hey, everybody. And Buster realizes he's busted. Yeah. Buster's busted. Yeah. So he starts giving stuff back. But this is it's it's such a cute thing. And he, he plays a bad guy. This and he doing you know, he's trying to do dastardly things, but he bumbles. He just bumbles. Now one of the interesting things about this is they shot it up at Truckee. Okay. And at the same time that they were shooting that up in Truckee. That's in California yeah. for the uninitiated. Yeah. My uh, my second silent western was also shooting up there at the same time. Hmm. And that was the gold rush with uh, Charlie Chaplin. Hmm. And that was that was a full-length picture. It ran 95 minutes. And in the story here is, you know, he, he heads up to the gold fields. 
and he's going to get rich, and he has all the troubles and tribulations. He ends up with a, in a cabin with uh, a bad man that's wanted, and uh, his prospector who he partners up with, and they find gold. And all kinds of things happen. At one point, there's a bad blizzard, and the house is getting closer and closer to the cliff by the blizzard. <laughs> and the uh, bad guy is going to go for help, get supplies, because they haven't had any food for days. Mm-hmm. And the chaplain's sitting there at the table across from his buddy, and the buddy looks at him, and he sees this giant chicken. <laughs> And he chases him outside. He's trying to he's trying to kill him. He's mm-hmm. eat him. And, but anyhow, it goes on, and they have the resolution. But one of the neat things is that while they were shooting this up there, uh, Keaton's there at the same time. He, him, and what was the other guy's name? Eddie Klein, who was his co-producer, co-writer, and one of the co-actors on there, and worked with Keaton. Uh, uh, Keaton all the time. They went into Chaplin's room, removed all of the furniture, and filled the room up with empty whiskey bottles and beer cans—not beer cans, but beer bottles and stuff. So that's that's my two silent westerns for you. Let's move up to nineteen. 19- so let me give you another silent here. Okay. Uh, which uh, does not have a lot of snow falling, but it has a lot of snow on the ground, and it's to me one of the first great action pictures. Uh, which is way down east with Lillian Gish and mm-hmm. D.W. Griffith. Mm. And she's on a piece of floating ice down yes. a river, and it's going to go over the falls, and she gets saved at the last Orphans minute. Orphans of the Storm. Sounds like, a, it's so- just, sounds like a Perils of Pauline uh, episode. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it is, but it's, it is a precursor to all that. And, of course, Griffith being the father of all film. Yeah. And I hope I offend somebody today in our audience that heard that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's just it's a tremendous film. And Lillian Gish is fabulous, as she always is. And I just... It always, you're watching it, you're going, you know, he's not going to get to her in time. She's going to go over the falls. She's going to go over the falls. <laughs> but he gets to her. So, All right, 1954 we're going to move up to. Oh, this oh. one is directed by the great William A. Wellman, Track of the Cat. Oh, yes. Oh, so this film uh, I have a little bit of a personal relationship with. The great, uh, uh, the great uh, uh, George Cosmatos, mm-hmm. who directed Tombstone, uh, this was his favorite film. He loved this film. We've talked about this film on the show many times. He shot this film in color. Yes, it's obviously in color if you watch it. So, of course, we're going to get a lot of letters to the show. Or black and white com- in color. Ne- yeah. Negative comments when I say this. But he shot it as a black and white film. And, and, and there's only four primary colors. There's black, there's white, there's gray, and there's red. Oh, and uh, the once and only uh, uh, John, uh, Robert Mitchum and, uh, uh, of course, uh, Diana Lynn, who's gorgeous. Uh, it's, a, it's a great film. And it, it, it is, in my opinion, very much of like a, it's film noir. And mm-hmm. instead of the criminal being a bad guy, it's a cat. It's a mountain lion. Mm-hmm. And you never see him. No, and you, you never, never see, see him. him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a it's a classic classic as far as I'm concerned. As Mitchum calls him in the film, Panther instead yeah. of a Panther. Panther, yeah, because that's yeah. Pan- Panther. 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 Because yeah, autumn called him Panther. Pan- yeah. Panther. No, and, no, there's it, no it H in it. Panther. It had the great Beulah Bondi in there. Bill Hopper, uh, Alfonso Slicer was in there. Uh, you know, 
this is just a wonderful, wonderful movie. Wonderful film. Yeah. They, they shot it up at Mount Rainier National Park in Washington, which... <laughs> that's, that's cold. That's saying cold in itself. By now, I have one here. All right. Day of the Outlaw. 1959. Right. Andre de Toss. Andre de This, again, the snow is... is Super dominant, and it has a cast: Robert Ryan, Burl Ives, uh, what's his name? Um, David Nelson was a young guy in there. Nehemiah Person and Jack Lambert was wow. He was just he was so great as the, the really the real heavy in the picture. And it's the prim, primarily the premise is that Ryan is a rancher, and he's at odds with the homesteaders, but really it's the homestead, head homesteader's wife who was an old girlfriend of his, mm-hmm. that he wants. Mm-hmm. And he wants to the point that he's going to kill the husband. Mm-hmm. And it's well, I don't, I don't think we can forget Tina Louise, mm-hmm. and we can't forget Frank DeCova. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. Elijah Cook Jr., uh, just a great cast. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Bunker. A great cast and a very good film. Yeah, now, the locations on that, up here in Arizona, Flagstaff, the San Francisco Peaks, and then up in Oregon at Mount Bachelor. Classic movie, Ride the High Country, 1962. Yeah, not a lot of snow, but it was cold. Yeah, it was very cold, very cold, and and of course the to me the the best character in this film is that group of degenerates, subhuman cretins of uh, of uh, War Notes and. Uh, um, uh, the brothers and the father uh, who are going to, you know, the Virginian is the one who's going to marry uh, Marriott Hartley. And it's just a great film. Now, so so well you. made. Here's one for you. that Again, this one I think went under the under the rainbow. Seraphim Falls. Oh, 2006. Yeah. 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 Liam Neeson, uh, James Bond, or what's his name? And uh, Charles Bronson. Yeah. And no, 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 no. It's uh, it's uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. Yes. I'm sorry. They say yeah. Bronson on this website. Yeah, that's wrong. Of course. You can't trust what you read. You know. And the thing here, what's so neat about this one? This one really is about survival in the snow, mm-hmm. more so than most of them. But it just, oh my God, it is just so beautifully shot, so beautifully told. Ed Lauder is great in this. Uh, the the stuff that takes place in the camps. Uh, it, you know, again, it has it has a feeling of, of reality about it. Yeah, and where that reality comes shining through, Bunker, is when near the end, when they're still trailing him, and uh, the two guys at the end of the the, the pack train of of pursuers, uh, and guys keep getting knocked off or dying or whatever, and finally the one guy says, you know. Uh, I'm not willing to die for this. I, this is not my cause. And yeah. they both boogie out. And then a couple miles down the trail, uh, they look back, and there's uh, the head of the group, the bad guys, looks back, and he's lost two guys. And he just says, oh, we'll just keep pushing forward. But there were a lot of times where guys said, you know what? I'm, I'm not getting paid enough to die under these conditions. Yes. All right. Let's do our last commercial break and then uh, wrap it up on Snowy Westerns, the topic of today's Movie Saturday program on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts with you. 
We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at Voices of the West.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? 
We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voices of the west at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. The sheriff is secretly calling in help from the outside. A gentleman he's never seen but who's supposed to be... Who's the guy? Rocky Lane was the name he used. Did you say Rocky Lane? I believe I did. You know him? No, I... I cracked a safe in Wichita one day. Lane slaps me in jail the next. This is the Voices of the West. I'm just a tumbleweed cowboy. A cloud is the roof for my head. I rock along in the saddle all day. The cool prairie grass is my bed. We're back on Abel Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts. Ray Whitley in the background there, tumbleweed cowboy. You know, you, we I don't see a whole lot of tumbleweeds. Yeah, we don't see a whole lot of uh, tumbleweeds in movies anymore. No, we're, they're Russian imports. We were. Well, watch- you you, you got to watch uh, Gunsmoke or or uh, Rifleman or uh, Wagon Train. Well, we were watching the Three Mosquitoes last night, and they had a plethora of tumbleweed in there. I mean, it was great. Here's a snowy western, fellas, that uh, is really under the rain. Uh, yeah, with a rainbow, the radar. Um, 20th Century Fox, The Secret of Convict Lake. Oh, I've got that oh, one. Oh, right Glenn Ford. Glenn Ford, 1951. Glenn Ford. My God, yes. that was a pretty damn good movie. Yes, it was. It's Escape also a Convicts. hard film. Hard, yeah. hard film. Beautiful women. The Gene men Charity. are all up trying <laughs> to get food. Yeah, the, basically, uh, uh, Ford and his group, uh, they're a bunch of prisoners. They escape from Carson County or Carson City Jail. And uh, they're seeking refuge uh, from a blizzard in a small Sierra's other settlement where the men are gone. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so Glenn Ford does fall in love with Gene Tierney. Who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? How, how, how could he not? <laughs> and then he they, they stands up to the fellow outlaws. And by the time the storm passes and uh, the posse gets there, Ford and uh, the settlers have handled the outlaws, uh, the settlers being the women, mm-hmm. they handled them in their own way. Shot and Durango. So, now, I've got, I want, before we go out, I've got to mention this one because this is one of the ones, first ones that came to mind. Wind River, 2007. Well, I was just going to say Wind River. Je- uh, boy, Jeremy Renner is so good he's, in this. He's a, he's a wildlife, uh, wildlife officer. He's a game, he hunts, he hunts animals for the government. And yeah. Elizabeth Olsen is an FBI agent. Graham Greene, who is one of my all-time favorites, he is just, he almost steals the movie. He's just so good. He shot yeah. up in Utah, and it's about a native woman who was murdered. And it's, it touches on the uh, on the subject that we touch on from time to time, which is the missing and murdered indigenous women thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it yes. is... But it is it is one of the most powerful and one of the best movies uh, of, of, of the 2000s. Uh, Taylor Sheridan, who wrote it, also he got a uh, Spur Award for Best Script. He got the Western Heritage Wrangler Award uh, for Outstanding Motion Picture. You know that in itself tells you what kind of movie it was. Todd, you have. I would some- also I would also say to you, Bunker, uh, in agreement with you is. This film reminds me a lot. The Jeremy Renner character is very much like uh, Daniel Day Lewis in uh, uh, *Last of the Mohicans*. Mm, yes. You know, he's 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 
he doesn't really care if you're offended. He doesn't care if you don't like what he has to say. He's trying to keep himself alive and you alive. And let's cut through all the malarkey and the and the and and the politically correct uh, uh, ideas or stances and so on. And I just I, I do love that film. The two the three films I want to throw out to you fellas, mm-hmm. other than Wind River, that's one. The other one is uh, White Buffalo with Charles Bronson. I'm holding it in my hand. <laughs> and Kim Novak and Jack Warden and Will Sampson. And yes, I know that the Buffalo is, uh, 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 you know, about as probably not even half as good as the Shark and Jaws. But I believe uh, you know it, it's uh, you know Charlie Bronson playing Wild Bill Hickok is is just. He, he gives a very valiant try. The other one that I want to throw out to you, which I love dearly, uh, which was never made. This, I think, is the greatest snow western never made. Ooh. Cowboy and the Cossack. They never made it. Never made it. Like I was I supposed said, to work on it. Never made. I know. Never made. We've talked about it many times. Great novel. Great novel. Never made. Uh, and even to this day, you can't figure out who owns it. It's very contested. Even, so, even, uh, even the wife, I can't think remember the writer's name, even she doesn't know who owns it. Right, right. Well, you know, we can't, we, we can't finish the show without mentioning Will Penny. Please do. Oh, I've just mentioned it. Okay. Well, Will Penny, I'll agree with you I'll, completely. Uh, I've told the story so many times when I met Charl, Charlton Heston and uh, we were talking and he complimented my dad's film, Monty Walsh. And I said, well, you know, he said, that's one of my favorites. And I said, well, I have to tell you, you made one of my favorite Westerns. And he looked at me very yes. puzzled. and He said, well, which one? Uh. And I said, well, Will Penny. And he said, oh, you're the guy. <laughs> who saw it uh, the other one that I forgot to mention and I just love it and I hope I, I hope that I ruffle some feathers here uh, not amongst my cohorts but the audience is mm-hmm. uh, Man in the Wilderness with Richard Harris and John Huston oh I've got that made here. for yeah, TV is, I almost mentioned it ABC yeah. television uh, which eventually went on to become The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio which and Tom Hardy, which still to this day, and I don't care how many times I try to watch it, The uh, Revenant, no matter how high I put the volume up, I cannot understand one single word that Tom Hardy says. <laughs> so if I can't understand the word of the co-star, the film can't be that good, it do- although it did win Best Actor and Best Director and Best Picture. But I, it drives me nuts that I can't understand a word he said. All his dialogue is like this. <laughs> you know, there, in, in uh, Iron Eyes Cody's biography that he wrote, autobiography, uh, he's thought there's a picture of him and Richard Harris when they do the, the Sundance thing where they mm-hmm. pierce the flesh with the eagle claw. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to Iron Eyes, uh, Harris, she's standing there and they're getting ready to roll and, and, and Harris says, do it for real. <laughs> well, but that would be a man called Horse. Man called Horse, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Snowy Which West- is also a great snowy western. Yeah. Snowy westerns put a log on the fire and enjoy them uh, before it gets hot, which it will do 
Oh, probably tomorrow <laughs> because we're in the desert. Hey, they're, 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 uh, the next Thursday, they're saying there's a chance of snow. Yeah, all right. Well, in the desert. Okay, next uh, time we get together, which will be the 4th of February here on Amal Franzi's Voices of the West, our guest, Deborah Fox. Fox. She is the author and the illustrator of a graphic novel, The Man Who Beat Death Valley. Pretty incredible book. It's, it's interesting. It's a good book. It's Pretty incredible. I mean, it's a graphic history. It's a graphic novel, meaning it's a comic book. But that's it's okay. It's more than a comic. Book. Yeah, it's more than a comic book. It's like it's like a classic illustration. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. So uh, we'll be talking with it Deborah is. about that next time we get together on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Seventy-nine. Eighty-one. It's so cold. I'm so cold, Harry. I'm cold. Get a penguin. Thanks. <laughs> Can I get another vodka and a cigar, please? So long. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.